Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenn Roy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast where three hair whipping, heel strutting Jamaican queens talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottoms bottoms up. Up. <laughs> okay, that was more than three Mississippi. So I'm gonna carry like you need come come in late with the bottoms up. I understand. The things that the video would have helped me. I mean, I'm 50. Bottoms. Bottoms up together. Anywho, how are we in the Rona? What well, this is what I don't know what day this Week is. five? Maybe. Who knows? Let's know so April just started and I don't already, so. So yeah, Kareem, how are you doing? Same old, same old. I feel like these like weekly catch-ups make it so boring. Like there's nothing exciting that I'm doing. And I keep telling myself, like I keep signing up for all these free classes to like learn digital marketing, learn how to sew, learn how to market yourself as a consultant. And I don't even sit down. Oh, learn how to be live richer in 21 days. And I'm get to like actually sit down and learn those things. All I do is sign up for all these free things that I'm yet to commit to. But in other areas of my life, the usual school, I'm making progress. I'm canceling assignments for the rest of the semester for my students because I have like two nurses fighting and that's kind of, they're in the same group and they both have hectic schedules and they're like fighting. So that's kind of disheartening because I'm like, look, you guys are going through a lot. You guys are living the same hectic experience. The last thing you want to do is kind of like fight with each other right now. So I'm kind of canceling most of the assignments so that it's not as strenuous as it would have been for them. So that's that's pretty much that. It's just school. School I keep right now. That's pretty much it for me. So wait, quick question. Oh, hold on. You... Sorry, go ahead. No, I guess you're probably going to ask the same thing so you can go. No, I was just wondering if that, I guess, are you, I'm asking if you're allowed to like cancel the assignments at this point. Like, do you, will you face any kind of consequences? Or... No, they're actually encouraging us to essentially take it easy on the students and acknowledge that they oh. have these new exp- normals to live. So some of them are, stu- are they're non-traditional students that I'm, I'm learning that have kids. So know they have to homeschool their kids plus do their jobs. And then I didn't know that we, I had so many frontline workers. I mean, I teach in public administration, so I guess that is to be expected. Frontline workers in my class in particular. So one of them was telling me how she literally handwrites her assignments on paper while she's at work with the hope that when she, whenever she gets home, because she's a nurse, whenever she gets home, she'll be able to type it up and submit it to me or letting me know that I'm literally on my bath, on a 50-minute bathroom break and I'm typing this email from the bathroom. And I was like, oh my God, like, all right. I didn't even, I mean, I thought about those experiences and for those people, I didn't really think that, like it, that just made it so much more real for me. So the weekly assignments that I normally give them, because it's an online class, I'm deciding to like cancel those and just give them the time to coordinate with their groups because I can't imagine how hard that is at this point to work on their final assignment, which I might even switch the format for, depending on what they say. Wow. Okay. Glenna, what you been up to? Well, well, no, was this week my first week back at, yes, it was. So this week, I think it was, yes, my first week back at tutoring and it's a minimum of the NFU platform. You have this blackboard thingy on Orville and child. Long story short, my access not fully set up with you. So I just had my students use Zoom. But it wasn't a bad experience. So I'm going to see how best we can make it as innovative as possible. Because, you know, when I'm in class, I walk around, I make them do the dates, I, you know, random things to kind of get them to 
better engage it. It's one thing when you have when you're in front of them and you're engaging them and you're staring them down, getting you know participation. It's a next thing when you're on a Zoom platform. So the stronger students and the more opinionated students will take over. And so I'm, I have to find out ways to kind of work around that. But that has been. I mean, but it's still it's still up and it's a learning curve, I imagine. And then you, you both know because, you know. But yesterday I posted my Don't Rush You. I really liked what we did. Me and my sisters came and cursed them. But they don't really want to do it. So, but I know Kareem was having... Uh, girl, you need to tell me what kind of technical difficulties in that app, though, because we never fully understand what that takes there. But suffice to say, it was a really fun thing to do. We, we, did, we were at, well, we call it the farm. But yeah, we were at the Emoja farm for... Basically the whole day because we had to get our hair done and so and then figure out our outfits. So after all of that, so we were basically there from like 10 a.m. in the morning to like 6.30 p.m. See, I'm in and a half video, you know. But in the end, I liked what it looked like. So I'm pleased to see. So, Car- well, Karim, I had to give you the updates, but before Karim and Rashid, we need to explain what it was going what was happening first? With with rush out, you more rush out, don't rush. Yeah. <laughs> first, I call the bad man you set up. I'm gonna call Andrew Oliver and say hello. Some girls are where they're not supposed to be, and they're out when they're not supposed to be out. But <laughs> but yes, <laughs> yesterday yesterday it was raining a lot, and it stopped at like after three, almost four. So I was like, all right, cool. I could still go out there and do my thing because. Inside, like my house is set up such that the windows are mostly in the bedroom. So I don't really have like good lighting to do a video inside, even with like lights on. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just get turned off on this girl. So I'm gonna say, forget. The girl would have come to me look at makeup for me. She definitely go on next photo shoot because I squeeze, she have squeezed me. And then I have a look at indoor photo shoot just to get the gig. And that day got longer than expected. So she couldn't really come back. And I'm one of the gays that don't know how to beat my own face. I will. That's my truth, and I stand firm in it. So I was just like, no. So I said, so am I. My little thing for me. Okay. It's been really lovely to have, but yeah. So that's like, Cornell, how about you? I've been generally okay. Uh, let's see. The research gig I was talking about a while back kind of sort of started, and I had a bunch of meetings on Wednesday, which I was not mentally prepared for. I don't know how people are doing this on a regular basis, but I was exhausted halfway through. And then one was like very strange because of the energy that some people were giving out, but like, you know, that's that. That being said, on this week's segment of Cornell is not a real Jamaican, Mandra's talking about- (laughs) I love that, sorry. Right? Okay, so (laughs) as we've been doing- Yeah. So as you know, we've been like cooking regularly and yesterday he decided he was going to make minced pork and I called it scrambled meat. And he was like, that's, that's no, it's not, that's not what it is. It's minced. And I was like, but it's scrambles. It sounds to me like the same thing. So <laughs> apparently I'm not, you know, I need to make sure I'm using the appropriate language, but. Scrambled this, meat, Cornell. But that's not the idea. No. What? No, but minced Scrambled meat, but, uh, Cornell. But we're not going to bring the white people call it that. We're not going to bring into this. This whole scrambled meat. So this, this is, listen, this is not nothing for the with Jamaica. No, but um, me used to buy mints at Jamaica. My mother used to tell me to go buy mints. Yeah, we all did buy mints. But me don't know if, if this scrambled this. I know this feel like a whole different arena we reach into. Baby, <laughs> scrambled. It's been a while. I was just trying to make sense of things. So that's all it was. All right. It's okay. We love you. Come again, Grenoy? 
If they're laughing, they're laughing for him. I wonder if because a scramble egg, why things look like scramble beef? Pretty much. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I should know better, to be fair. I felt I felt guilty the moment it left my mouth, but that's where my mind was at, so. Fair enough. In any case, what are we doing today? Okay, so listeners, today I have my long-awaited episode that I wait for from season one. So this is the, I guess, a follow-up to You Can't Sit With Us. So I have the pleasure of interviewing the members of the Indomitable and Infamous Fag Five, well, we have four out of the five. But yes, the lovely Fag Five from Woolmas days back in my day. And so y'all can introduce yourselves and then I will commence with my questioning. I can't, I can't. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me. I'm Javon, one of the members of the F5 of Woolmas Boys. I'm so glad to be here. Hi, my name is Jermaine and also a member of the F5. Good to finally be on the show. I've been listening to all the episodes and time to spill some tea. Oh. You know the gal, you know the gal, you know the tea. Cornell and Kareem, you can introduce yourself as five fivers too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Cornell. You know, as they said, I'm a member of the Fact Five. Here's what I want to know. At what point did we start claiming this? I'm confused now. <laughs> You in that you in that chair. Work with me. Harry, introduce Hi, I'm Kareem, a former student of the Woman's Boys School and a proud member of F5 in the future. God's willing. <laughs> yes. That's what it felt like, especially when German started. I was like, this sounded like a school challenge quiz. Before I was it really could work. It really could work. And it did right. It really could work. Right. So, whosoever knows the answer, how, before we get to this collection, how did all these friendships start at what, you know, grade in school? And what was like the thread that led from, I guess, two people becoming friends to a group of three to four to five or more? Well, I think... Well, I don't know if it's accurate, but we were like in different grades. At least three of us were in one class in first form and the other two were in separate classes. One of the members, Corey, who's not present right now, he was in the room beside us. So we were in 1W, Corey was in 1O, Jeremy was in 1L, I think, at the time. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Kareem Cornell and I were in one room. Kareem and I became really close friends really quickly on the very first day of school. Cornell sat on the another end of class, but I don't really know how happened we just you know kind of like took to each other i guess because of the camaraderie of being in the same room or we just kind of figured that that you know guy was kind of like us so it became a lot more easier more you know natural for us to become friends over the years maybe i think the following year in the second form that's when we kind of like became a little bit closer to Corey and jermaine because we had mutual friends from different rooms so i don't know like it's it's almost like this this destiny of us becoming friends you know within the first our first three years of uh, high school up to third form that's when we kind of cemented the bond that we were actually going to be good friends and uh, from then on it um it led to us becoming you know closer so that's my recollection of things at least I don't know if anybody else has any contradictions about that. I think, wait, didn't I meet, Jamon, were you, did you go to summer school for first form? Because I, I know I met I, Kareem at yeah. summer school. I think we met at summer school. Yeah, we I met definitely... you at Belling B as well, Cornell. Well, I didn't really meet you, but I knew of you from when we did Belling I, I think we, we all knew Cornell through Spelling B. No, but you didn't never dare Spanish down. <laughs> I never dare Spanish to the spelling. It was me and him. Oh my God. All right, all right. 
I was in Kalimbi and I was there when Cornell was spelling and beat the wall away. All right, oh my God. Miss right, And you know the word that beat me too glamorous. You can't believe that? And the girl sounds salty. You know, let it no. go. It's all not doing the doctor. Let it go, sis. <laughs> all the words. Y'all word that glamorous, no. But that's what I'm saying. Like of all the words, glamorous, and just like, oh, yeah. But, all right, letting it go and moving on. Oh yeah, I wanted to kind of bring German in on the meetup thing. Oh yeah. So for me, yeah, like Javon was saying, we were all in the same grade but different classes. I think in first form, I was say like. Kind Kinda was a little troublemaker, so I wasn't really friends with them in first form. It wasn't until like second form. I think I ended up in the same class as Corey. And then, funny enough, me and Corey were like enemies at the start of it, but then it all kind of worked itself out. Karim, were we in the same second form class? Because I'm not even really sure how Javon were. Were we in two R or something like that? Two R. Yes, with Miss Anderson. With the oh, sorry, Miss Anderson. Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Were you in that class? Jesus. Yes, Jeremy. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess that's how me and Kareem, but like in terms of all five together, that just kind of just happened naturally in a weird kind of way. But I know, I just remember my interactions with Corey at first because it didn't start off good. And then the rest just kind of, you know, worked itself out. Glenda, I think you might have a theory as to how whatever that is that brought us all together. Well, no, I always feel like people, people, they take people body energy, however late. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> so, when you see the body energy you now, one another, and the body energy coalesce and draw, it's like magnets and draw on it together. Because if, I mean, I wouldn't even call it, I think something similar like that happened to me at high school. At basically, like, we never named it and we were never labeled as a group. Well, not in the way you guys might have been. But, you know, so that kind of a, but there is something that we often see in each other that makes us come together so but also though because a lot of my friendships back then also started with tension you know I mean, you know sometimes about the energy react negatively you, you fight it out before you turn friend so in, so like how Jermaine describes a kind of a tension with Corey were there any other kind of tensions at the early stages before this group became at least a circle of friends I don't know if it was as natural as Jermaine says actually because I I think I, I don't know I don't know if you ever, I would call it because it took a while for Jeremy and I at least to develop a like a proper friendship I think initially we hung out because of our proximity to the other people in the group I, but I don't think we necessarily had a problem with each other but like it took us a while to get to know each other I would say I don't know if you agree with that yeah I think I think you do make a very solid point with that because we all had different chemistry with each other at the time I think at least in second form where you know me and Cornell were in the same class while Kareem left and went to kind of like set up that little rapport that he would with Corey, Jermaine, you know, and then Kareem was still our friend. So we kind of had to, you know, meet Kareem over lunch periods and, you know, Kareem was with different classmates, you know, Corey uh, or Jermaine. I think Kareem was closer to Jermaine at the time. And then we kind of like became friends with Corey, you know. I knew Corey over summer school as well as Cornell, but I didn't really have a friendship with them, of course. But, you know, moving forward, we kind of like developed that friendship with Corey and you know German was a funny person but we were kind of like looking at Jeremy and a little bit shady because he was such a clown (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so it was it a little bit true. intimidating, at least for me. But he was funny and I kind of like got into it, you know? I think the person that I had the least chemistry with at the time, I think was Corey. He was hard to figure out and he was a little bit, for want of a better word, shady in my opinion. But I think I kind of got to understand him when I got to about fourth form. And at that time, I think Corey was kind of like becoming more mellow as a person. And it was kind of easy to capture, you know, the chemistry that I wanted with him at that moment. So it worked out very well. But yeah, um, Corner, you definitely make a good point in, in regards to, you know, how hard it was for us to navigate each other at first, you know, in our first initial interaction to kind of get to, you know, a better relationship stance to make the group more complete. Right. And I mean, so, if... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gunroy. No, I'm just like, oh, Corey had a problem. No, no. God, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> Don't I that. think... Definitely, Corey. Love you, Corey. I think I think Corey had a better relationship with Kareem. You know, like they clicked. Maybe it's a Pisces in them. Like they really, really clicked, and it became easier because you know Kareem, who was my very first friend in high school, kind of allowed me to see a different side to Corey that I didn't see at first. But Corey definitely clicked to Kareem, and I think at the time Cornell as well. I don't know how Jermaine was with with Corey, but it was harder for me. I think I didn't really become very good friends with Corey until fourth form. So that was like three years later in the friendship. And and I appreciate that length of time because I get to diminish all those little bad thoughts I had about him and allow me to appreciate the good in him. And it definitely over, you know, it, it overweighed or overshadowed the uh, the bad things that I saw about him for sure. If I could just add, I think, I mean, since, I mean, I guess the idea is to try to be as honest as possible. Like yeah. Javon and I also had a very long period where there was like a lot of tension there as well. And yeah. I would almost venture to say that Kareem is probably the only person in the group that at no point had tension with other people in the group. I feel I feel like we all had like stuff that we had to work <laughs> through at one point or another. Oh yeah. No, 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 that smoke. That's what it is. No, no, no. Smoke. <laughs> when I look, what about some proper uptown girl? I meet the president, get a girl from nice, nice waterfall. <laughs> I mean, I think looking back at it, and especially you think about like Corey and Javon's um, relationship, I don't know how to like to phrase, but I think they were like two prima donnas, or just like like the, the two of them just did, and it wasn't like something that was like active, but just not. I'm just trying to look at it, and make sense of it now. But they just look like two at girl where. Look, you're not come. It's like you know, <laughs> two two bull can rule now one pen. That's how it almost two Regina Georgia. Like these two queens that uh, they knew a lot because I mean Javon was like the first to to come out to, to be like guys. I think I'm bisexual. Like to give like, a name <laughs> to his like to his identity. And meanwhile, I'm just there like me never know said this other name. But just know Samila fan. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think they were both in at least my perspective. They were both very exposed if you will to battle life and it was something I feel like it was something about that like they were of the group I think they were the two that were more more concerned about their looks and how they portrayed themselves and so on and I didn't catch on to that until like towards the end of high school so I don't know it just felt like it, I, I don't even want to call it a competition maybe that's what it was I don't know but it was like this unspoken thing until no. they come to teachers' moment in fourth form. But you know, interestingly enough, I think there's a way in which we as gay men don't realize that we uh, call it masculinity, but or in the way straight men have pissing contests with each other, gay right. men are worse and in much more severe ways. But 
especially when you're femme, it comes out in the bitchiness and the cattiness and all of the and the shade. But it, it's the same, and it's the same thing that men do with each other. It just it's seen differently. It's just seen differently and given more of a pass and, and understood. But it's just the ways in which gay men have pissing contests with each other. And I think it's natural when you have a collective of men that there's almost this vying for dominance, even if not in that kind of hyper-masculine way, it's still there. Everybody wants to kind of have a kind of queen bee moment, I think. So I think maybe that's probably what some of it was. So, so you're, so you're kind of going there. So before we get to the self-identification of the group, when did Fag Five become a thing? When were you, who, and we don't know who started it. So when, when did the label come up and who started it? And so the story I have, and I don't know if I made this up, but the story I've been telling people and telling myself is that Mrs. Sean Fletcher Clark, remember her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weren't we? I think we were among like her yep. pop students in chemistry or something mm-hmm. if I remember in third form third form yeah called us the fab five after that group yes yes fab five the singing group yeah right the fabulous five and then of course we're in an all boys school so they took that and they ran with it and it became bag five that's the story I remember but I don't know how accurate that is yeah you, you do um, raise some really good points I think also it came from either Mr. Davidson as well the math yes. teacher yes yes we were in math classes me Kareem Jermaine, we're in the same math class. Uh, we had a math teacher, Mr. Davidson, and he was very, very mouthy. Like he would say the the strangest things because he was just a strange guy, but he was very, very fun. And it, and it also didn't it also didn't help that I think he was very like like he was very transparent with what he saw, and he would say not thinking, you know, not really being derogatory about it, but you know. Obviously, we're in an all-boys school, as Kareem said. So guys would just run along with whatever came out of his mouth. And also Mrs. Fletcher Clark, she was very honest. So, and I think they, those two teachers appreciated what they saw and didn't want it to be something bad. So when they spoke about us, it came across as derogatory to other guys and then they'll just run with it. So Mr. Davidson would say stuff like, you know, mini bigs or he would say something to Kareem. What do you call it, Kareem? Creamy or beefy or whatever. I don't remember what he no, called No, he called me something like creamy or something like that. Yeah, so like they would say, he would say stuff like that and the guys would just think it was like a gay thing. So they kind of made it work. Who started the, 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 fact, the Fab Five? I think it was Mr. Davidson, if I'm not mistaken. What? I think he might have said it. Uh, because he would see us outside of classes. You know, he'd see us with Corey and Cornell. And, yeah. you know, we became the Fab Five. Miss Fletcher Clark now, she was like a very good teacher for us because she she knew that we were, you know, we were, we, we are so. So she kind of didn't have to say it. But, and she loved that energy that we had when we were all together. And I guess when we're in classes, she would make references to some things about our friendship. And the guys who already had ideas about us would just say, okay, we get it now. We know that they're gay now because some of the things that are being said are just definitely, you know, confirming of our sexuality. And, you know, it, it, it made sense to them. So the Fab Five was a whole, a whole story that kind of like made sense to them. And I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> I mean, it was what it was. It was what it was, sis. Right. So, I mean, so in, so, so in positive, you're now all kind of talking in positive terms about like the teacher saying Fab Five and then that be corrupted into Fab Five. So I'm just wondering, was that, I mean, at the time that the label started being put onto you, the negative one at least, was there any kind of negative feelings towards those teachers or was it just understood that they were coming from a good place and it was just the boys that made it worse? I mean, from my end, I don't think I ever had any negative feelings towards the teachers in respect to it. I mean, honestly, I'm, they will tell you, I'm pretty clueless. So I didn't even know 
where the origin came from. <laughs> I'm generally clueless about things. It was mostly just concentrating on like the boys using it. Cause I mean, they're the ones we're around every day. They're the hundreds that we see all the time. Um, when we would like just sit outside and of course as soon as they see us their day apparently became so much better that they had to make some kind of remarks so i think most of it really just came from our peers perception of it and how they used it as opposed to i mean even if the teacher started it or whatever i mean i mean to me they didn't matter at all to be honest but yeah it was mostly from their perspective um we saw it as like a bad thing i think Personally, again, I was kind of not too deeply affected by it only because I don't, well, at least hourly internalize things too much. I think for a while, like like I said, I felt kind of clueless <laughs> as to how serious it was. I think like in third form when it just started, it wasn't too bad. It was like more going into like fourth form onward, like fourth, not so much fifth form that it kind of became like a thing. So even like one of our friends in like fifth form i don't know if i can say the name i would stay away from yeah so like one of our friends like would like kind of shy away from us type of thing so i mean it's like effects like that that really like brought it home to like how serious this whole taunting and labeling thing was and like the whole separation of it because like there'll be points where we like being the lines because we had to line up for devotion if you've ever been to like a normal jamaican school and then they would like stand away or like certain people wouldn't want to stand near. So that type of thing. So that's when it became like really real that it wasn't just words. It was like action was like a bigger thing that was happening. Oh, sorry. If I could just add too, I think the teachers that were responding responding favorably, I feel like they were probably in the minority. I feel like either, I feel like the majority of teachers either weren't aware or they like weren't fucking with us like that. Um, and then in terms of the the problems it might have caused us, I feel like there were moments even before fifth form where some of us didn't speak to each other for out of concern that the, I don't know, the brand would affect our ability to socialize with some of the other people, I feel like. Because, I mean, and I'm having a hard time pointing to specific moments, but I feel like there were some moments where the the teasing or the the noise was so much that we were like, I don't want to be associated with this for one reason or the other. I think that moment happened in fourth form, no? when we kind of had the big split, is what I call it. The big split? Ooh. Remind <laughs> me. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's you don't remember Cornell, that, You don't remember that? When Cornell, we're all separated? How can you not remember that? <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was memory falls. Refresh his memory. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It sounds like good tea. I'm not going to lie. It really was good tea, honestly. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know where to start. I, I, I think, oh my God, it was, it was pretty bad, guys. I don't think I can remember. I don't remember how it started. I want to say it started in third form. It really was third form, guys. There was a moment where Kareem and Jermaine were like on one side, and it was me, Cornell, and Corey on the other side. I, I don't remember how it started. I don't remember. I don't remember what was the issue, but I just remember we just weren't talking. I know personally I was guilty for some things that were said. I, I just don't remember what was said and what was the reason, but something was said and it was just it, like- It wasn't just a specific 
thing. It was also the idea that I think, like, some of us were just becoming too out there for the likes of others. So, especially when you think about how, like, the split happened, right? Well, I don't know if that has anything to do, but I think that was part of it. Because, like I said, like, Javon, you were the first to come out and yeah. remember the look, like, oh my god, he's giving me the look. <laughs> <laughs> he so wants me. He's giving me the look. <laughs> so, Javon had this look, and maybe we'll do a video and post it. <laughs> With the episode where he swear to God somebody was into him because of the look. It's like I'm gonna give him the look. I'm gonna give him the look, and he would do this weird hand over his eye model to to as some I don't know maybe it was his mating call. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I think at one point that sort of became like an issue because we're like, look, sis, you might be a little bit misguided with this look. I don't think the look that you think you're getting is one of, I want to sleep with you. I think that's the one I might have to beat your ass with him. <laughs> and so that was, I think that part became a problem as well. And I think that just kind of exacerbated some of the already underlying problems. Like Javon said, we had like these preconceived notions of each other that weren't really addressed at that point. And so it just became like this thing. And again, people wanted to socialize with other people that I think the requirement or the unspoken requirement is that you don't bring the entire group along because of the stigma that comes from being associated with us. All right. So, okay. So we're going to stick a pin because clearly the order in which I did it in kind of made so because I wanted to talk about you guys coming out to each other. So I want to talk about that now and then we can go back to kind of the healing after the quote-unquote big split. (laughs) So, So Javon comes out first in what? Third form, was it? Second. No, I came out in second form actually. Well, how that happened? How that happened? There was um, it was me, Kareem, and Cornell who were in one. Wait, wait. Cornell and I were in one class, but we had a first form block, and there was two, one second form room that was attached to that block. Meanwhile, everybody who left first form went to this whole other block, the second form block, which is a a little bit of a walk down the rest of the cam- the other side of the campus. Anyway, so they. Kareem and Jermaine would come on our block and Corey would come on our block for a little bit to hang out because there's a tree by the first from block that would always hang out at. Anyway, there was a guy who was in one of the classes. He was in first form. So already I was a cougar. Um, and I really, 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 really liked this kid because he was just like so good looking. And I don't know, I think at that moment, like having that attraction to him, I just said it, you know, over lunch to the guys. I'm like, guys, I think, I think I, I think I'm by. Because at that moment, I think I was trying to, like, soften the whole coming out thing by just saying, I'm bi and not gay. Or I like guys. I just said, oh, I think I'm bi. But I don't know exactly why I said it. I just said it because, you know, this kid looked good and I just wanted my friends to know. So that was my coming out thing. And I'd brood over this guy all the time until I think the guys got really annoyed by me because I just couldn't stop saying it. And yeah, I think that was the first time I came out to everyone. How I got comfortable enough to say that, I just kind of like took a risk, I guess, um, because I believe that, you know, they were easy to talk to. They were just the group that I wanted to, to tell everything to. I wasn't sure how close I was with everybody else, but I knew I could tell Kareem anything because Kareem and I had already went through a lot, I know, during our first year of school. But I, I felt comfortable enough to say to everyone who was there at the time. That was just how comfortable I was with, you know, that experience coming out. And then at what point, I guess, so that happens in second form. Second form, yeah. So there's a, is there like a mutual coming out 
at any other point. You mean with anybody else? Right, right, right. So, so you come out in second form. Do, do the others wait until third and fourth form, or does or after? It, the- it, it wasn't discussed with anyone. I think everybody else just kind of like you know thought out. If it, you know, like they they broke that ice around them to feel comfortable to to come out. But I think it was just in bits and pieces. Like they were just breaking the ice little by little, chip by chip, enough to come out, but not really saying, it, oh, I'm gay. It, it wasn't something that was said by anybody else. Yeah, I think it was, I was the only one who actually... Yeah, I broke the eyes, came out, and everybody is just kind of like, I guess the heat from my energy just kind of like melted the ice around them, you know, over time. I don't know what the hell I just did. <laughs> but um, it, it, it allowed them to kind of like come out in their own way. Like, it was never actually said by them, oh, this is how I am. Like, for Kareem, for example, his coming out was the way he was dressing. Like, Kareem started, like, getting his pants taken in. He came with the messenger bags, but instead of having it around his body, he have it in his, in the, his elbow pit. Cornell, you know, who was, like, big on schoolwork, was just, like, all in his books. And then he would read all these things. Like, I think Cornell's way of coming out was his reading. Like, he'd start reading these I don't know, maybe extremely graphic things about about guys or sex or whatever. And oh my oh, god, <laughs> so, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. That was Corey. I'm so sorry. That was Corey. <laughs> just, just, just to clarify, I was yeah. coming back with information about out.com and after right. outline. Yes. Wholesome yes. blogs. Okay. Yeah, let's get it straight. <laughs> sorry, hon. Uh, Jermaine never actually came out. Like I think Jermaine's whole thing of coming out was just being around us. And feeling comfortable enough to start, I don't know, dealing with our reality and just like seeing I feel like, so Javon, I feel like I made a semi attempt to in like fourth form. I still don't think I said it, but I think like in one of like our group conversations or something, I think I tried to like include myself in it that I was (laughs) as well. And then I feel like someone laughed and they were like, okay, we all knew type of thing happened. Yeah, I think I remember that. So I like I think that might have been me. I think I said something like, so German, who never know. Or yes, literally. I think it was Kareem that was like, yeah, we all kind of know. Hence why we all are together and hang out. We get it. <laughs> mm, okay. Not no bad, not no bad. So big rift happens. And a part of that is the kind of tensions that comes with, you know, all of you being together. So it becomes a thing. I remember kind of similar things, not, not to that extent in, our, in my friendship group, but I do remember I did lose a friend who I reconnected with while I was in DC last year. He had stopped coming around me because I guess his own journey was kind of starting. And I guess he didn't want to be around a set of people who were not very masculine, who were very, you know, teacher's pets and all of that. And he wanted to kind of be with another group. So he didn't, it wasn't as plainly obvious and he was battling with his own challenges. So I get that. And I get how those kinds of tension and homophobia can negatively impact the kinds of relationships and friendships that queer men build with each other. So with that said, how was all of that healed? Mm, I guess for me, I think over time, well, let me, let me just see if I can understand the question again to Glenroy. Uh, simply, how did you guys fix the rift? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. That's, that, that's, a, that's a really tricky question. I think just knowing that we were in a place that we shouldn't be, you know, because we were kind of concerned for each other or how we, would, how we were being perceived. I guess that energy of not being together just allowed us to just 
say this is stupid, we shouldn't care about what everybody thinks, and just wanting to be in a better place with each other, you know, for 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 forever. We wanted to be friends forever because we were just like over the bullshit. Because individually, when we had that rift, we realized that our our lives weren't improving. We weren't having um, better support system with other people. I mean, personally, I was being affected by it because I, I, I felt lost in high school, you know, with my fam- dealing with my family at home, dealing with the other guys at school, teachers, and just not having my friends to talk to in the way that I wanted. And just having that unnecessary drama of, you know, caused by other people. It, it, it allowed me to just want to be friends with everybody again. And, and that was just my whole thing. Like, I, I just didn't want to have any more drama. I was already dealing with too much. But I don't know if anything was, was particularly said. I, I do know we came to a point where we had to apologize and, you know, move move forward. But I don't think there was anything that was said. Like, like we didn't say, oh, let's just start a meeting so we can talk about what happened. We just would see things that we'd laugh, you know, smirk. And I guess it was an invitation to kind of like, you know, throw away all the past drama and, you know, seal that 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 rift between us oh so no big moment you just kind of uh the energy pulling her back together almost naturally because in the real life i feel like cornell might know an exact moment where there was like a point where they kind of made amends because i feel like when the split happened and like there was that whole separation there were specific persons who had to kind of you know, get it together. Because I feel like when that whole split happened, I feel like I was kind of on the outside looking in, even though it's outside, because I feel like where the tension was or who the tension was with (laughs) was more centered on Cornell's group and like Kareem's section, which I was a part of. So I don't know, Cornell, I I would really like to hear from you if you remember if there was like a point between there where like there was an actual conversation or something that happened i mean i told y'all that i don't remember any of this i i don't mean i don't mean i, I don't know if it's because i don't know if part of why my memory isn't being jogged is if it, we're, we're like avoiding talking about specific things i mean i knew that there were multiple conflicts but i cannot i can't i can't remember Okay, wait, can someone like help point me to a specific and then we can cut, cut it out if we need to? Because I, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, so basically there was a point in fourth form where like we literally, like I think this was like the biggest thing. So it was like we had like smaller conflicts internally, but we still all spoke. But like this was a point where literally like we didn't speak to each other, like we'd have lunch separately and everything like that would happen so like there was a literal split like we didn't even like mesh with each other at all yeah but Cornel, I, mean, I i think what had happened was that kareem and jermaine were on side and um me you and corey were on the other side and i think even though me and corey wasn't you know close at the moment it was something that that we thought was right because you know all of us had this 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 thought about who was more real than the other, who was more detrimental to a reputation in high school. And, right. and it, was, it was really because people were just looking at us. Like everybody was literally looking at us. And it was just third form, you know, we just, we just started high school. We didn't have like popularity, but yet still we're being ostracized. And I think that became a concern for, you know, for, for you, Cornell, who tends to be more reserved than, every, than, than, than all of us here. And Corey, who's just like in his books and me just being like, oh, I don't know if I want to be seen like that because I already have shit to deal with at home with my family. And Kareem, who's more, you know, free, you know, Kareem just 
Karim could do whatever he wanted, you know. That was always fun. Because he's Kareem. Because he's Kareem. And Jeremy, who didn't really have an opinion, he just wanted to be with his friends. And I think we just kind of split apart. We felt like it was best for us to not be around each other. Right. And then when that happened, I think that's when we got, we, we had these, uh, the, this little heat or tension between us because we, it, just, it just developed because of the split. And we just thought it was just something that we had to do. I think, yep. you know, us being teenagers, we, we, have these, these, we have the mentality of going to war at all times. Because we just feel like if, if you're not my friend or you're not supporting of, supportive of me, then we need to war. And not to mention we're caddy as well. So, you know, it just felt like it was something we had to do. And, you know, there, there was a moment I remember um, we'd walk by each other and not say anything and people just jeer us on. Like, oh, yes. they're not talking. They're not talking. And, like, we just felt like it was something that needed to be done, you know? So yeah. I don't know if you remember, Cornell, but that's what really happened. And it was so stupid. Yeah, um, okay. So that's coming back to me. I can't remember how we got over it. Um, I will yeah, say I that saying. I think, yeah, at the time... And I mean, I think, again, if we're being honest, this was part of the, the tension that Javon and I had outside of the, that particular conflict was I was very like overly concerned with what other people thought. And so my whole thing was, can people like not do the most and just like calm down kind of thing? I can definitely see how that could be an issue uh, because I feel like when I was at, when in uh, any point of my life, when I was ever confronted with that kind of narrative, I reacted like it. You, you could get me at my worst point. And, and I would say the most hurtful thing to anybody who brings that kind of narrative to me. So I could see how that could lead to a, a big split. Yeah. And I mean, I, this, again, this is also against the background of us trying to navigate high school where we are also trying to, I don't know, manage some sense of social capital with the other people that we are. So it is this idea that, you know, if you hang around with this person, then these people aren't going to talk to you. And that's important for like whatever arbitrary reason you you decide. I think, and again, I can't remember how we got through that part, but if, And I think also, oh, go ahead, Corna. No, I was going to say, I, I can see myself probably, and I don't know if I did this actually, I can see myself probably reaching out to Karim at some point, maybe trying to have a conver- conversation perhaps, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I was just, I was, I was going to say something to that effect, Cornell. So I was going to say that what I remember also is that I remember having conversations with you and then having conversations outside of that with Javon. Because remember, like Javon and I started from first form. And so I, like he, like I was Javon's like go-to for when he was in shit with his family, right? Javon had a new phone. We don't know where this new phone come from. Oh, Kareem got a new phone. So he just gave Javon the old one or the sim card remember all those stories oh jeez and i didn't know how like, we yeah. were just in sync and so i think there was one instant on the stairs where we were walking back each other and somebody had pushed somebody and like it just felt stupid like i remember talking to javon <laughs> like this is not how we were and i know i remember like i got him like by himself when he wasn't around cornell or Corey, and i was just like this is stupid this is not how we were and i think it's very fucked up that you would treat me like this and we kind of like had our little come to just and then Cornell and I had a conversation, like, I think Cornell and I conversation was more about how to bring the group back together. Because again, it was like strategic on our part. Like, okay, do we just, I think we even had a meeting, like a lunchtime meeting where we pretended like we didn't know what was going to happen. So I like dragged Jermaine and like one group was already there. So the next group showed up. It was just like, so we just going to stand here and not talk to each other. And <laughs> it was just like, well, this is stupid because 
It's not like our lives drastically improved by not talking to each other. They still see us and call us five five. Whether it's one of us, two of us, three of us, they were still calling us five five. So it was just like, well, this is this is dumb. So mm-hmm. let's just move on. We did have a little apology moment, and um, that's how we. Started. This was like towards the end of fourth form. I remember mm-hmm. that we're going into fifth form, and when by the time fifth form had come around, we were back together again. No, Kareem, we get the timelines mixed up. Um, oh, yeah. the, the, the thing happened in third form. We yeah, didn't have the drama. We didn't have the drama. In fourth form, we were much closer. Even in though we fourth had- form, we were on that. That's the, in fourth. That's what I'm saying. Towards the end of fourth form, we started like solving it. Because remember, we were on that science. Our classes were now on that that three story building that had the science. Yeah, the lab. science block. Yeah, and that's like almost a fourth form. Isn't that where the fourth form classes were housed? Some of them. So that's where y'all were hanging out most of the time. Right. We're, we're, hanging, out, we're hanging out in the science block building. Yeah, in those but, labs. But, but, but so like I said, the, the drama happened in third form. And I think we had dealt with it because, remember, there was also another year group of guys who were also, you know, of, of the family. The who, right. Who Cornell and Corey knew um, more. So oh, I remember man. in that moment, we were becoming friends with them, you know, even though they were older than us. So it happened in third form. Uh, okay. My fourth form, my th- we were actually good in fourth form. We didn't have any issues in fourth form. Fourth form was a smoother for us. Fifth form even better um, because wow. we were just, we were like a superpower by then, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, we were super. We were superpower in fourth and fifth form. So um, oh, the, the happening in third form. Oh, okay, so all right. So here's my very important question: I who bunks up on the stairs? I feel like I Jeremy, No, no, nothing happened. Nobody no bunks, no bunks somebody. What happened was Jermaine is a is a talker with his hands, and he moved his hands very swiftly. And me and Cornel and Corey were walking by them, not talking. And Jermaine fling him hand out and let me right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I do talk with my hands, no, for real. Yeah. And if you've seen yeah. me, they're very long hands. Skinny yeah, long hands. We're just walking by, like we were like, "Bye, girl, girl, bye." <laughs> talking to you, Jermaine, flinging my notes him never to me, and just let me right on my face. Oh, <laughs> it was a laughing moment because I remember Karim busting out a laugh. Like, Karim oh yeah, like, well, I remember that. We all deserve it, bitch. Yeah, we you deserve it, bitch. <laughs> but we couldn't do anything because I knew it was an accident, you know? Well, if, it, if there was a fight, it, you know, you know, not just call it. It fish. would not end well. Jeremy would have stopped my ass for sure. Uh, that would be yeah, okay. You did very, very short. Still are. But it would have been like, the, it would have just been, the, like, it would be, it would only be worse for you guys. Yeah. The more I think about it, because yeah. the girls fight, no one wins. And mm-hmm. it's still it, it, it emphasize the whole group rift thing. And in the end, if you think about hosting something in high school, that's the, that's when you guys are at the margin. So if you guys are fighting, they win. Right. So good to hear that there was a moment of reconciliation. And so Javon says you guys became a superpower. So what was that like then, kind of coming into your own as a group of five bad bitches who don't give a fuck about what anybody said because you guys are sure about who you are at this point? What were those kind of golden years like? And I guess, how did you, how were you guys able to maintain it going forward after you left high school? I think one of the things I really appreciated was there was a point where we became aware that the numbers had a certain kind of power. So people stopped like messing around with us at some points. So I don't, I mean, sure, a couple of people might have done the whole F5 stuff, but I don't think it was as frequent. One of the highlights for me was when CXC results came out and we swept some of the the top performing awards. And I was just like, ooh, yeah, now what? Mm. We were all prefect. Oh yeah, that too, so. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, 
piggybacking off what Cornell said, that number thing, it meant something. It was really, really important that we stuck together because like if we didn't have, you know, the support of each other, like I swear to God, I do not know where we would be. And, and that was, that was good because us standing in our truth and well, not even in our, in our truth, because we didn't have anything to prove to them. It was more so just standing together and just kind of like showing people that we don't care what you say. That was, that was our message to them that we are better than you. <laughs> you know, look at the material. You know what I'm saying? Look at the material. No, seriously, look yeah. at the material. Like, they would see us and we were so smart. Like, we were like, you know, busting down these, these, um, these Google courses, the, the, the classes where we're tops in awards, no pun intended. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, we were like literally demolishing some of these guys and, and they would always come up to us and ask us what our grades were because like they didn't know what some of our grades were because we, we know that we were hiding it, but we just knew that we were beating some of them. And then we became closer to the teachers, but we didn't, we didn't have to like be teacher's pets. The teachers right. just really liked us, you know, because we were performing really well. And also due to the fact that we became prefects, we were good behaving guys. And that was also something that they feared as well, that giving us powers, you know, administration giving us powers was something that was dangerous for them. Um, so a lot of them kind of like decided to buckle down, you know, so they could kind of compete with us in, in, in some ways. But like that was our superpower. Superpower was that we were untouchable. By yeah. by fourth and fifth form, we were literally untouchable. Like the name was there and they would call us that, but they already knew that it had no bearing on how we felt. Like we already knew the name was there. That was our, our super group. And you guys can't touch us at the end of the day. So that became problematic for them. When we entered into sixth form now, um, that's when we as a group knew that we had to kind of like sit back and watch the drama unfold. We were always eating at the same place. They knew not to come to our place to sit and eat because I guess they knew we were like, you know, the bad bitches <laughs> who run they, that spot. And if they were there when we were coming, they moved. So they'd they move. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, dead, dead serious. They literally would get up and move because they, they knew that we were like that, that, you know, those bitches. Literally, this is such a victory story. No, it, it's funny you say that, Glenora, because like we we were we're history in Wilmers right now. Like we're, me and me and um Corey found out that we're a legend at Wilmers. Like when you talk about um F five or Fab five, like they said, oh those guys. Like yeah, in yeah. Year, years to come, like stop Corey. it. <laughs> no, no. In November, when I went back to Jamaica, Corey and I were talking, and there was a guy who was uh, so. When we were in sixth form, he was in first form. And me, I met him when I was in Jamaica in, in November. And he said he was, they used to talk about us, like, all the way up to when he was in sixth form. Like, everyone knew about the legendary Fab Five. And I was, I was, I was bewildered. I was like, oh, cha. Really? Not for nothing, but people reach out on social media. I mean, there's not a lot of people, but they reach out, like, oh, my God, I remember you guys. And, then, you know, like, I, like, to this, they express, like, some type of admiration for what we were able to do which didn't feel like a lot to me at least like it just felt like something that i needed to do to survive and get out of high school yeah. but it's not like it made it more like made um, homosexuality more acceptable in the all boy setting but it kind of gave them some type of like courage especially if they see us now living our lives they're like oh it does get better so i think that was, that, that was a part that photo that you guys did was so powerful i mean the the other like what was last year yeah that photo you guys did last year of all of you gathering together with F5 there, it was so powerful because, I mean, like I said, I knew of you guys through Corey because I had become friends with him. Um, and I knew of some of those challenges that you guys were experiencing, but that out from all of that, that you 
all became amazing, gorgeous people who were just killing it. Fabulous. Take a photo together to say we survived in spite of you. And, and, I, and I was going to wonder what kind of legacy does that leave behind? Because there, there will be younger queer people. There will always be younger gay men and, and yeah, queer men in these high schools coming up, queer boys. And the imagery are just the fact that not only did you guys make it through, you guys maintain a functional friendship because let us be real. We don't have enough images of, you know, gay men banding together, being friends and supporting each other, black gay men banding together and supporting each other. We don't have a lot of that in our Jamaican context. And so to see this group survive high school and stay together, it, it's iconic, I, I, I think. And I think it's, a, it's, it's powerful to see. And that's, it's, that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I think you guys are able to achieve something by showing people what solidarity looks like among Black queer men and what it can do and how it can leave a kind of legacy for younger Black gay men growing up to see that, like, like you guys said, it can get better, it will get better, and we, can, and, and we are better and stronger together because then we can provide the kind of support that we need to push back against. And trust me, you guys, that what you're talking about is a success act to kind of claim space and says, we're here and we belong here. And guess what, bitches? We're better than you. We, we add value, way more value than lots of, uh, loads of you will ever add. And I think that's just amazing. So, sorry, can I just add a, add, a, add a few things? So just going back very briefly. So in addition to the fact that we had, you know, teachers there who were willing to support us, I also want to acknowledge that there were also gay teachers on staff who went out of their way to make sure we were not being unduly disrespected. And so there's, I mean, that's another legacy I want to point to as well. And then, yeah, I mean, F5, I mean, it, it's funny that Javon brought it up story because I went back to Wilmer's after my first year of university. Well, no, it was a, like midway through my first year of university. Wait, no, this was second year. Second year it was. And Corey and I went back and we were walking through the campus and someone called it F5. And I was like, oh, but y'all really remember us though. This is great. But I also want to acknowledge that there are, and I might have said this on a previous episode, that there were different versions of F5 before and after us. So it's not like we popped out of the ground and that was it. I think Javon or Kareem was saying earlier that there were there was a similar group maybe two years ahead of us. We knew that we didn't like talk to this group necessarily, um, but there was a group just behind us. There was a group maybe a few years below us as well. And so there were like these pockets of, you know, groups of like gay friends, collegiality, solidarity that were in different areas in the school. And so perhaps it might be the case that we opened up some kind of space for that. Um, but like other people opened that space up for us too, I think. For sure. I think us, we, we, we definitely weren't the originators of, you know, of having queer spaces in, 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 in school and in high schools in Jamaica. I think it, it existed before us, definitely predates us. And, you know, it happened afterwards. But I think what our strength or, or, or contribution to that whole thing is the fact that we were able to open it up even further. Having that prominence about us to say that, you know, we're here, we're not going anywhere and um, expect more of this from now on. I think that was what we managed to do, open the door even further to allow other people to feel comfortable uh, enough to find other people and band together and show unity in strength and, you know, becoming who you are and allow yourself to grow in that group and shine some sort of like, you know, light outside of that space as well. And, and, and just show that, you know, even though you're gay, 
and you're in school and it's not the most accepted thing you know in 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 school as well as the country you can still be a better person growing up going to school just making you know good decisions and all that i think we're a reflection of that and and i think it was important for us to do so i think i'm i'm glad that i was able to to do that for other people be a good example but also you know other people started coming out or forming good groups after us like i know that guy who was telling me last year that people who remember us um he would say, tell me that there were other groups after we left in different year groups you know it start started popping up so people became much more comfortable in their skin while in school and i think we managed to do so for other people and i was yeah. really really glad to do that yeah so i think the biggest thing that i would say that or group has done or some type of legacy i think it's just us being as visual as we were i would say that would be our biggest thing because i think most times when you do face the backlash or you do get the teasing and everything people who are gay who are of some group that's like ostracized your first thing is to not be seen try to be invisible I feel like after we got through that hump where like we did the typical thing, not talk to each other, try to hide away. I think once we got over that and then we all started to shine. I mean, we were all smart, but aside from being smart, like we were extremely involved in school. I mean, some of us did sports to a high level. Some of us did choir, we did singing, we did different groups that were involved with other schools, Optimist Club. So, I mean, I feel like the fact that we didn't try to become invisible and just kind of coast our way through high school, I feel like that's the biggest thing. That's why people still remember us. And I feel like that's the biggest lesson for anyone else that's kind of growing up, going through those struggles right now, is to not try to either dumb down yourself to not be seen or try to hide away but it's still to kind of push through go after those goals and I feel like all of us were kind of we had that competitive edge that kind of pushed each of us to like get to that level of excellence in so many different forms which is why even though I feel like we were like mocked in some instances we were still friends with people on sports team still friends with like the anime nerds we kind of cross all different facets that were within the school and i feel like that's the biggest thing so it's kind of like don't hide away just because of this thing but you can still reach that high level of excellence like i feel like that's the main thing cuz we could have been like yeah we're good friends but we were all kind of quiet so it wouldn't really have an impact but it's a fact that we're still being seen doing things it's really with action that people see your strength and i feel like we always kept going and we're always involved and that's the thing that people remember because they can see you living not just like hiding away from things yeah so i'm really glad you said that jer um jermaine because i feel like i mean I, I think about how I do my advocacy and I think the best, the most important thing was it's for me to be a visible queer Jamaican and therefore a part of highlighting my Jamaican this is also kind of showing me being gay doesn't change the fact that I enjoy Jamaican culture. I want to be a part of these very inherently Jamaican spaces and I feel like what you guys did was show that you were queer Will Marion and so therefore you, you added your contribution to Wilma's as an institution and, and you showed people that you could be great and that being queer didn't detract from that. You were visibly queer you were leaders in many different ways but then 
you also you were you were part of the F five, and so and so what that didn't take away from anything. And so I'm glad that you highlighted that because I feel like for a lot of queer people, it's also understanding that you can be visible and still contribute and still be and still garner the respect of so many people because people understand a more complex side of you and that you, you don't have to choose between being queer, visibly queer, uh, and or visibly queer, I mean, as well as being a contributor to society. That's such a helpful framing, actually, Lenroy, because I think you've captured what it was that annoyed me anyway about that, the, the WhatsApp group stuff, like this idea that Bro. being queer this quote of us is from being Wolmerian and, and I think that that's I think yeah I think you get got at it in a really succinct way that I've never framed it as before and I think yeah that's what it was that you know despite we you know we had much of the same experiences in, in one context in terms of the time that we spent at the school but somehow we are not seen as being a part of the broader narrative. So so I um so I'm gonna wrap up with two questions. So the first is life after Wilma's, what's that's been like for all of you now? Where are you where are you hoes now? <laughs> and but before that, before you can think about that, but before that perhaps what was it like? What was the lunch like? Because that's when you guys gathered. What was that like? Oh my god, lunch. Nobody lunch lunch was it. Lunch, especially on a Monday, on a especially on a Monday afternoon or Monday morning, was the tea, the sweetie. That we came to sh- all the tea, all the tea, the tea, sis. The tea, sis. <laughs> all the tea, honey. Because girl, that's when we came to talk about who we met. That's when we came to find out that we probably are share the same man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's when we came to talk about to, for healing, for counseling to talk about what was going on at home, to talk about what we are feeling internally. Like that was, lunchtime was epic. And, I, and then I think lunchtime was especially special on a Friday because they had jerk chicken and festival. And we oh have a nice little link up. Big up yourself, Auntie Pam. Um, oh, yeah. a, a cook lady. So I was able to go and place our order for five servings of jerk chicken in the morning so that we just walked in again and that used to mad them because we were able oh to just walk into the cafeteria and walk right back out with our lunches no <laughs> joining no line oh right. yeah which that bad girl the, 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 remember that boy the big black one looked like it nah, 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 no one can sure. starts mm-hmm. with rad ends with it I can't <laughs> I can't he was the worst that he used to worst. like he would be livid especially because again we had like so much privilege but lunchtime was epic for us and that's where we would meet all the fans um, because even though we didn't <laughs> call them fans <laughs> um, the younger people before uh, the, um, that came after us would come see us at lunchtime and we would talk without you know in codes without using our, our um, words but we would encourage them. I think I, I, I look forward to lunch, especially by the first swarm block under that tree, that by the fence that connected was the shade, sis, the shade. Michael mm-hmm. and um and Wilma. So Kingston and St. Andrews. Did I do anything about lunchtime? Cause whew, I look forward to um, lunchtime. No, remember that remember when mom when mom come from foreign and she come meet you during lunchtime, come surprise yeah. you during lunchtime. And get a blackberry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, lunchtime for me was really, it was therapeutic because you come from all these different classes, like, you know, in fourth form, for example, like when we finished our classes, that was our meetup spot. 
you know, make sure that what, what time was lunch? Was was lunch at like ten or something like that? I can't remember. It was like eleven something. I like think yes. it was ten to, 10 11 to eleven in lower, and then eleven to twelve in upper. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So like you know, when we meet up at that point, you know, we know exactly where to go. After Kareem get the lunches, we you know, we'd probably walk and meet Kareem by the canteen, and then we'd leave and we came back to the tree, you know, and we had our periods and we just get bun. And water or bun and bag juice. up on a diet. Wait up on a diet. Thanks to Corey. <laughs> <laughs> or diet yeah. days was just so Child. funny. Corey had uh, yeah, but we, we, we talk about the classes. We talk about the child them. Uh, we talk about the man them. We talk about the teacher them. We talk about Miss Rob them. We talk about all of them, child. Uh, no, but it was amazing. Like for me, it was it was a great opportunity to kind of like you know maintain my sanity in high school. Kareem knows a lot about that. You know, like dealing with uh, my family. You know, kind of like being more comfortable with myself, and you know, just I don't know, like just kind of find my way. You know throughout all the mess that I was going through. And it was just good to share it with everybody there. Um, we gossip and actually, I don't think we gossip that much. I think we just like inform each other about what was going on with everybody else and who we think are potentially so. Uh, yeah. Wait, hold up. Because me need to know this before we come out for that conversation. Yeah. Were there, was there competition for the boys between y'all? No. Child, let me not say, child. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, well, I didn't have competitions because I'd be a big man. We used to take one oh, and two. True, no lies. <laughs> I also true. <laughs> Me, drumming. And I think also it was more so like like we will come and we're describing the guy and some of it's like wait, I'm got JC, I'm got Calabar, and I'm like uh yeah, and him name such and such yeah. Grandpa talked to him last week like okay, turn off, never mind. Um. <laughs> You could have him. I don't know. Like I, I, at least for me, I could. I never had any competition with trying to figure out, try, you know, for for the boys. Because let me say, mm-hmm. I mean, I think generally we had different tastes, but totally if, different. yeah, but um, I no, the, the, I remember one in particular. Actually, I actually remember two of them in particular. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Corey, who and who? Stop between you and who, Corey? No, um, the one between me and, C- and Cornell. Ooh, my, ex, my ex who uh, kind of stiffed me at Wilmer's Barbecue and end up with Cornell at some point. <laughs> I remember. Uh, let's, 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 <laughs> not, let's not forget that one, honey. That, that was, was my first, deep? by the way. That was my first, and that happened. That was a whole... Oh, shit. That, that was, was a whole... I think oh, yeah, that I was... That that, that, so while the split was happening, listeners... While the split was happening, <laughs> there was another split. There was another split in, in, in the first group, which was me, Cornell, and, and Corey. That was a split because Cornell took my man, you know. Uh, or my man, my man left me and go take Cornell. And Cornell right, said, mm, ciao, ciao. Mm-hmm. And there, the second one, I remember, I don't think it was much of a, a competition. I think it was just more so of the, the, the third person's attraction between Kareem and Corey. And Corey. And Kareem end up walk out, walk out like a good girl. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was like I said, it wasn't a competition with that one. So yeah, child. Okay, what? so wait. That try clear no. Wait, what? That try clear your name, no. No, absolutely not. I, I stand in my truth <laughs> and I'm yes, walking in prosperity. <laughs> this isn't exactly an example of competition, but I just feel like it would really interest the listeners to know. Um, so, yeah. But just what I acknowledge say, this may be a pattern of behavior. <laughs> you know what? We, we can talk offline about that. 
But um, I wanted to know if Karim would be willing to share the Hellshire story with the listeners, because I think it makes me happy all the time whenever you tell that oh story. Oh my God. Yeah. Cornell, you're such a mess. <laughs> you said the Hellshire it's, story. It's a fun story to end on. Oh my God. Oh God. So when I was on my little escapades, oh God, my mother, I listened to this. <laughs> um, so just that I saw her catching up on 21 questions. So anyway, some of them are able to... After it was after school, after school, because I said, you know, be a big man, me that take. Wait, like, hold on. I don't, are we talking about the same story? Well, which story? Refresh me. I'm talking about the one where I went to Hellshire and then you went to Hellshire. Wait, which story? There? You know what? It's fine. We'll no, no, no. Come, come. Oh, sh- oh shoot. No. There's another story? Remember, I went to Hellshire with, you know, Soja Man, and then you decided that you were going to follow up with your own version. Oh, God. Recreate the experience with yes. the man who made up one finger. <laughs> It's so fine. after one, when you can't go home, or up, go down. The chat's too much. I'm going to come I'm leaving that in, just so you know. Because I'm going to be in the studio. So Cornell had shared a particular experience where he went to Hellshire Road, back that area, with one of his love interests. And I thought it would be cool, you know, to experience the same. So when one of my suitors came to pick me up one day after school, I said, I made the suggestion and we were going back there and he pulled over to the side of the road and began began to try to get some sexual arousal out of me. But I was already not so interested in him because he was not as fine as Cornell Suter. So already the, the vision and the fantasy is it mash up myself. So anyways, he is asking me to go down on him and I'm just like, no, I'm fine. So he proceeded to ask me for a hand up. And I put my whole hand there and I was, you know, it kept falling out because kind sir was very small. He was not blessed in that area. So I kept having to remove one finger at a time until I was just down to my thumb and my index finger. And that gave me enough hand movement to to, to get him off. And then proceeded to tell me I should take it in my mouth. And I was just like, <laughs> the devil is a liar. So he messed up his pants and damn near threw me out of the car. But he didn't. He took me home. But yeah, that was way good fair. Not the original. I'm not trying. Manaka fantasy to Karnak. That's enough. That right? is enough red eye, girl. Even my dad in the background. Should I really know? She's just mad. <laughs> Never mute. Oh, gosh. So, so for the last thing, I just let the... Well, everybody know where Carnell and Kareem there. One at the two of them are teaching and them doctor. So for Javon and Jermaine, where are y'all hosts now? And how do you guys, as a collective, keep the group alive? For me, I would say that my way of keeping the group alive... I don't know. Like, you know, I catch up with everyone now and then. I live in New York City, you know, where, you know, hope is all but, all but dead. So there's a lot going on here. I... Just finished my bachelor's degree. I know I should have been done with this thing all the way when I was in UA, but I came here with um, the mindset to just finish school and, you know, push through before I turned 30. And I just finished my bachelor's, so that's great. So I study marketing communications, and that went well. I'm going to do my master's this fall, God's willing. Yeah, and, then I, th- and I think my, in my own, you know, way, I want to do a lot more with myself, you know, travel the world a lot more you know, start a family real soon. You know, everything's um looking up. So, you know, if Miss Runa she decides to she don't want that up, you know, that's that on that. But I'm very hopeful. Everything's going great on my end. Can't complain. 
and Jermaine? Um, yeah, so for me, where I'm at at this point, so I'm also in the States. I live in Massachusetts. Karim and Jovan will tell you I make very random and consistent trips, sometimes unannounced, <laughs> to New York and New Jersey. It's like a three-hour something drive, but even before I was driving, like I would just get up and take a bus and I'll be there because it's always a good time at Karim's house with his 1,000 family members. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and then Javon's always down to meet up, so we always have a good time. So I think, like, I'm always willing to travel, and it's pretty easy. I think we live close enough where, like, I'm in contact with them a lot. With Corey, I wasn't in contact that much. Like, we would message now and again, but we've been improving on that. And, like, Cornell, too, like, we've been improving how much we communicate. But we always try to have our yearly get-togethers. But outside of that, you know, phone-wise, social media, like, we're always connecting with each other until we do meet up but Javon and Karim are the ones since they're closest to me that I can interrupt and act a fool around the most bring them some blonde energy (laughs) where I am (laughs) where I'm in my life so um I'm currently doing another bachelor's because you know I'm trying to be a scientist I'm trying to be a nerd out here and then it's always looks better to get a U.S. degree because they like their own. So I'm doing that. So I should be finished this fall. And then next year, I'm trying to go straight to grad school because like Jovan, I'm trying to start a family. So I'm trying to get these things out of the way so that can begin unbothered. So that's what I'm currently working on right now. Yeah, in, re- in regards to keeping the group alive, um, you know, de- doing our yearly trips, as Jermaine mentioned, is so important for us. Like I think Cornell and Kareem coming up with that idea um, has been very fruitful for a friendship. You know, now that we're older and we have a lot going on, we can still kind of like try to find balance with all that, you know, stuff that's going on and just like make a commitment to seeing each other every year and make it a fun experience. You know, right now we're doing the tour of the U.S. We're doing a lot of like different U.S. cities that we've never really been to before, you know, learning the culture of that city, you know, delving deep into, you know, what it means to be, um, what it means to be, adults with very flourishing um, relationships and friendships and I think it's it's done us really really well um, we bonded especially last last year last year's trip was amazing for us I think I, uh, I think because Corey was there as well it kind of like had that full circle effect where we were able to sit down talk about that our feelings over the years how our friendships have been especially in high school and our appreciation individual appreciation for each other that dinner um, at that Mediterranean restaurant, it was just oh so good. I had the entire recording on my phone and I always look back at it now and then. Um, and how much we've grown, like how much we've grown individually. I think it's so beautiful just to watch my friends um, doing their thing, you know, and, and attaining their, their goals, you know, or just like having that, that sense of hope that, we, you know, over the next, like we've been friends since 2004, Korean. So, the span of our friendship from four to now, that's what, 16 years. Just seeing or, or hoping or looking forward to another 16 years or 20 years or 25 years. I think that's something that's so rewarding and gives me so much hope for friendship because I'm really, really happy to see where life is going to take us over the next couple of years in a world of, you know, coronavirus, Aguan, you know. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very positive one. Us and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I would just add really quickly that one of the things that we've talked about in the in the group previously is that it's been hard to find a similar kind of dynamic 
in terms of the friends that we that we've been able to find and the friendships relationships that we've developed we haven't been able to find something quite as similar um, in the places that we're at now and so it's a really nice opportunity to tap into that whenever we get the chance to to see each other and I think we're at that place in our friendship now where we know each other well enough to to like know what works or like doesn't work so like we aren't so like we're able to enjoy the the vacation or the trip fully because mm. i mean some people you travel with like it doesn't work out that well but we we were at the point where we were, we were like we know what the dynamic is and we can work with that exactly i mean i've i've for one i'm one of those people who struggle to find those type of relationships here and have been um, unsuccessful so i'm glad i was able to maintain this with the fab five to kind of um you know, have a steady group of friends that I could go to who know me inside out, who can vouch for me whenever. Although coronavirus are threatened this year trip, but I'm sure we'll bounce back from it. I do want to say though, before I close that I've always been thinking about something that we all can work on. And I'm just going to throw it out there. You guys can think about it. So I work on a project called My Brother's Keeper here. That was a Barack Obama initiative. And I was thinking of doing kind of like a spin-off of that for, to kind of one, not just tell our story, but to kind of use it as a platform to engage school administrators in particular, or something that kind of was inspired by the episode that we did called You Can't Sit With Us, where Glenroy kind of raised the, the, what we wanted from school administrators. And I think ours is a great story to kind of, kind of begin to cultivate spaces for queer identified boys, especially in all boys school, that you know, would make the experience much more better for them but figuring out how to package that and, 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 and whether it's just training for administrators and teachers or something, but something for us all just to think about how we can give back and continue to inspire through our stories and our lives. I love y'all hoes is what I'm saying too. Oh, this was really beautiful. And I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Javon and Jermaine for joining us, sharing. We get forget all the little questions that I had answered and I'm sure our viewers as well enjoyed the, the conversation because within this story of finding each other, building a friendship, breaking up, coming back together and keeping together throughout all the years, there's, there's triumph beauty, and there's this powerful legacy. So, Javaya, uh, I was really glad to be here. Honestly, um, <laughs> I've been kind of waiting for this episode for a long time, and I'm glad that we finally did it. Um, just to kind of like, you know, let the the world know that we're still here. We're not going anywhere um, <laughs> forever and everything. So, uh, yeah, deal with it. Oh gosh, me can't. wrap up, but we need for Anderson. So we can always make it. Um, That's for another episode <laughs> of Fishy. <laughs> Miss Javon isn't going anywhere either. <laughs> Miss Javon, cover girl. <laughs> and and cover girl, so I'm sure. Oh, Glenroy, that's a whole nother story. The whole cover girl situation. Child, they call me cover girl, child. So I'm giving him cover girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I forgot to bring you back. We will talk. We will talk because. Talk. And it would actually be good. But anyways, this is where we wrap up. You know, we've gone on for quite some time, but you know, it's re- it's been really good watching you all go down the million. So thank you to all the listeners for showing up for us as usual. Like and share, enjoy. If you want to reach out to us and give us your feedback, it's at Fish Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and and Twitter. And if you want to email us your feedback, it's at fish, it's Fish Tea Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Let us know what you think. Give us a suggestion. We're always open and welcome. And it's Corona time still saying if wash the hands, social distance, sanitize, as say, wipe it down before you do anything with it. And above all things, stay sophisticated. Bye. Bye.
So can't Glenn, you never thank me. Me never must come in. You know? 